This is the show off. It's the collab you didn't know you needed. The unholy union of two powerhouses of Australian media. Pedestrian and the Batuta Advocate. Taking a savage swipe at the week in entertainment news. Anything you've missed? And everything you give a shit about. I'm Josie Rosenberg-Clark, Head of Editorial at Pedestrian TV. I'm Effie Bateman, Lifestyle and Entertainment Reporter at The Batuta Advocate. And I'm Wendell Hussey, the Sports Reporter of The Batuta Advocate and the token bloke of this podcast. Today on the show-off, we've got a little bit to talk about. There's a classic Australian TV comedy coming back. Ben Affleck and Matt Damon are reuniting for a big budget movie. Matt Damon. Yeah. I can't, I always think that. <laughs> a former Euphoria star has come out and hit back at the show and allegations that Australian reality TV is scraping the barrel. Interesting that that's coming up now and not years and years ago, but there's a little bit to talk about. All right, let's get into it. Before we get started for this week, I didn't want to ask you guys if there's anything you're obsessed with, anything you're wound up about, excited about. In particular, Effie? Mine's a little bit dumb, but I've been getting really into AI art. In fact, half of my TikTok view <laughs> page is just AI art. We, of course, you remember the Pope. They've done a whole series about the cool Pope. Yep. They've done, I'm sure you'll be across this, Josie, but mm. the Harry Potter, Balenciaga art. Yep. yep. Uh, but my favourite one is they've turned countries into villains using AI and basically... So all the other countries have really cool villains. Like China has this massive dragon. Mm-hmm. Um, New Zealand has like this cool Maori warrior. And UK has like this cool steampunk soldier. But every single rendition of Australia as a villain is a fucking jacked up kangaroo. <laughs> and it hits me off. They're very jacked up. I do mm. love those AI renditions. There's good audio and video ones getting around too. There's some, mm. probably not for you guys, but there's some um, really good ones of like, Trump, Obama and Biden just having an argument about like NBA and LeBron being the greatest and all that sort of stuff. Like using um, deep fake? Deep fake, yeah. yeah that scares good. me. It's kind of terrifying. Mm. But if you overlook that, then it's addictive. I'm obsessed with all the Harry Potter ones. Yeah. Everything yeah. Harry Potter. Give it to me. We probably won't have jobs in 18 <laughs> months. Oh, absolutely. Oh, I reckon but... even fucking 12 months we're not going to have jobs. Mm. We have tried chat GPT. And mm. it's, it is scary. Oh, it's better than us. So, it is yeah, so yeah. much better. Our days are numbered. I believe your obsession is a little bit more wholesome and not going to ruin our careers. Yes, my obsession is, I mean, it's not recent. It's not new. It just kind of comes up every time Keanu Reeves does mm. a movie. I'm just, it's like a long-running thing from when I was a kid. I'm mm. obsessed with Keanu Reeves. And he's in John Wick 4 at the moment, which just, just came out. I love every John Wick movie. Like, mm. have you guys seen them? I've seen the first one. How did you stop at one? I just thought, you know, I think I've seen enough. I get the story. (laughs) It just keeps going and going. They get more and more outrageous. He's like riding on horseback. Like it's insane. I just think they should keep making John Wick movies, just Mm. like James Bond, make 400 John Wick movies, but only with Keanu Reeves, not with Daniel Craig. Yeah, I'm sure, but he is getting a bit, you know, long in the tooth now. Yeah, might be a bit. I don't know. I feel like Keanu's ageless. But what is ageless about Keanu is these stories that just keep getting rehashed every time he's in a movie. And the one that was around this week was when he ran into this guy at a pub in the UK, and the guy was like, "Keanu, I love you. I'm getting married on the weekend. Will you come?" And he was (laughs) like, "I'll do my best to be there." And Keanu Reeves is good for his word. He mm. actually showed up to this random couple's wedding oh, and that's all just being reshared on every account at the moment. And it just brings me so much joy. 
Yeah, I love that. Would the bride have been stoked though, or would have she been like, okay, my big day has essentially just been no? Hijacked. She was like heart eyes, yeah. like she didn't even notice her groom was there. At she, that yeah, point. There's photos of her with the groom, and she's just like, and then she's looking at Keanu with yeah. like this beaming smile. Yeah. Well, that is good. Loving your obsessions. Now let's get mm-hmm. into the meat of the week, and the big story we're going to kick off with is about a beloved Australian TV show coming back after. A long, long time. Mm. Yeah, this kind of came out of nowhere. Like I was, I didn't hear any whispers. You know, you heard about Australian Idol being rebooted for so long. I just didn't hear about this. Maybe I'm plugged into the wrong, I don't know, subcultures. But this week, pedestrian writer Izzy Corbett wrote an article entitled, Well, fuck a doodle do. Thank God you're here is coming back this year. So it's not even like, oh, we're going to bring this show back. It's Mm. like. It's coming soon. Mm. And let me tell you, people were going off in the comments. And when I say off, I finally mean in a good way, which doesn't always happen on pedestrian socials. <laughs> Everyone was in agreement. The show rules, aside from one of my writers who said I was four when this show was out. Ooh, ouch. I don't know if he was joking. Mm. But I really hate being a millennial sometimes. Mm. I felt so fucking old. But if you were four years old and you can't remember this show, Thank God You're Here was like this improv show. There'd be a performer that came and they'd have to walk through this blue door Mm. and then the ensemble cast would say, Thank God You're Here. And that person would have to improvise the entire scene. And Tom Gleisner would be the judge and he'd pick the winner. And it basically platformed all these new up-and-coming people like Hamish Blake, Rebel Wilson, you know, they went mm-hmm. on to do a couple they of things a few after things. that. They went on to have pretty okay careers. Yeah, so it was Channel 10, it was 2006 to 2009. It was this like short-lived oh, that is quite short. but beautiful time and now it's coming back. Yeah, three seasons on Channel 10 and mm. then Seven paid Bitcoin and got it for the fourth season and essentially killed it. Right. And it is interesting, like – I think there's a bit to unpack here in terms of obviously everyone's so excited because it's got that nostalgia feel, you know, like growing up with that, that was awesome. It was iconic. That was the funniest Mm. shit ever. I have concerns and Mm. I worry. There was a reason it got canned. Yeah. You know, just bringing back an old TV concept, I hope it can live up to as good it was back Mm. then, but I I worry. Has it ever worked because I'm – didn't they try and bring back Hey Hey It's Saturday? Yeah. They've tried to bring back Rove a, Live. Rove Live. It, yeah. Yeah, it just it never seems to work out though. Yeah. And obviously it's very hard to come up with an original concept that slaps and everyone loves and it just takes off and does really well. I know that's very, very difficult, but going back and rehashing an old TV show that did well at a different time mm. is going to be quite interesting because I have heard that Basically, there was huge effort put into the ensemble and the actors and there was basically huge crowds of people that they were bringing back in to make the show as good as it was. And then you had generational talents like Rebel Wilson and Hamish Blake and all these guys, Frank Woodley coming on. I do wonder whether they're going to be able to replicate that. It was also a time when people weren't going viral on TikTok. We didn't Mm. see people doing heaps of funny shit on social media and so these guys were coming through being very very funny and national attention was on it and heaps of people well i'm also going to be like a bit of a boomer here and say i think it's also especially with an improv comedy show i feel like they're not going to be able to get away with maybe as much as they've done in the past they're going to have to be careful around Mm. that as well 
That, oh, I my like God, that. that is such I'm a about, boomer nah, take. Look, you know what? I am, I'm about yeah. that take. It is. Times are different. And, yeah, where they're going to be getting people from, I guess we're going to find out really um, really soon about who the comedians are, who's coming on, who's doing it, and, yeah, how far they'll be able to push the boundary. Celia Picola is taking over from Gleisner, which everyone seems to be pretty happy about. But, yeah, it'll be interesting to see what comedians they're getting. Are they getting established comedians? Are they bringing guys through who are on the fringes? from improv backgrounds, how it's all going to work. I'm excited. I just wanted to mention something with you guys. So this, it has, a, it's been gone for ages, right? Mm. But there was actually a, thank God you're here, brought back in 2020. Now, was there? Not here. Oh. Not in Australia. So thank God you're here got sold to 18 different countries internationally. Right. Oh. So heaps of countries bought the right to do essentially their own, thank God you're here. Armenia, for example, in 2007 or eight. Bought some Thank God You're Here. They did their own one. So the most recent edition of Thank God You're Here, the 18th edition, mm-hmm. internationally, started in 2020. I want, I'm going to give you guys each one guess okay. at which country it was. Estonia. Good. Not quite. Ugh. Estonia did get it. They did do a Thank <laughs> God You're Here. But I'll just check Lithuania. my notes. See, now you've just gone Eastern Euro, Josie. I thought you were going to give me something different. Um, Estonia did theirs in 2007, so ages ago. But the most recent one was in Mongolia in 2020 on the 3rd of May. That's so random. Shout out to Ulaanbaatar. Trailblazing. Yeah, Fremantle. We finally um, did something original. That's amazing. (laughs) We did something first in Australia. Go on. And we're going to do the original thing of just bringing it back and running it again. Yeah. Anyway, uh, we'll see how long it goes. We'll see if it gets a lot of success and see if we get a few seasons out of it. Now, something else that is coming out uh, in the next little while, which we wanted to talk about, is the movie Air. 5th Mm. of April, coming out in cinemas. Shortly after that, it's going to be on Amazon Prime streaming service. Mm. A lot of people very excited about this. Mm. I can't say that I am because Mm -hmm. as you told me the other day, it's a movie about shoes. Yes. It's a movie about shoes. Mm-hmm. It's a movie about basketball. Yeah. An entrepreneurial kind of entrepreneurial story, I guess you could say. Yeah. I think obviously basketball people are yes. super, are gonna super, fo- and super excited heads. about it. Sneakerheads. Sneaker yeah. Which there are a lot of those. There's a lot of sneakerheads. There's a lot of basketball fans. A lot of middle class white boys love basketball here in Australia. Yep. So they'll be getting around it. But they also have a much bigger audience because of The Last Dance. During lockdown, obviously heaps and heaps of people got on board with that. People who previously would have had no interest in basketball whatsoever. I'm curious about Mm. this story being about the foundation of Mm. Air Jordan, the shoe that Michael Jordan launched off the back of all that last dance stuff where the people care about it. That was surprisingly an interesting storyline in that doco. I don't know if that's just lockdown talking and I was desperate, but I remember when they, you know, were talking about, how those shoes came about and how much they're mm. worth now. I was genuinely like, How okay, much are they worth now? A shoe subplot, genuinely interesting. I'm not really, <laughs> yeah. I'm not shocked that they've made this movie. Mm. Yeah, they're worth a fuckload. So yeah. much. Yeah, they made so, so much money. And yeah, there's people always go back and say that Jordan should have negotiated more royalties out of um, mm. the sale of Air Jordans. But again, you didn't know. Because he and has no money. Like yeah. he's really, he's <laughs> yeah. really struggling. Yeah, he's struggling. Yeah, he Pour one have, out for Michael Jordan. Doesn't have a few pennies to um, rub together. But it's got Damon, Affleck, Jason Bateman. Yeah, it's a great cast. Mm. Chris Tucker's in there as well. There is, it's, they've gone all out on it. It looks like they're going to be giving it a big push. So. I'm curious to see what the reception is, whether people care as much Mm. about some 
marketing guys coming up with a shoe and having their like big success story or you know how much jordan features in it as well and the jordan family i didn't um, see did, did they have anyone playing him in the actual movie because he wasn't spotted or in they the deep fake ai yeah. michael jordan <laughs> <laughs> no it's not much about him and his story it's more about these they guys just show who like close-up shots of his feet yeah. and that's free <laughs> feet yeah, so uh, flashy marketing guys as interesting and as yeah. – uh, It's giving like a big short sort of vibe to it with the – Yep. No? <laughs> no, I mean collapse of the financial system. Um, no, like I don't know, maybe I just saw a whole bunch of guys wearing white collar shirts and I was like, oh, it's the Arguing big short. and oh, Arguing yeah, with yeah, novelty yeah. wigs on. And yeah. I was like, that's exactly yeah. what the big short was yep. to me. Business but there's no with Margot a few... Robbie in a bathtub, unfortunately. Or maybe there is. Yeah, I, I haven't seen that. I assume that would have been in the trailer. That would have been yeah. like half the trailer. That would be the selling point. I think though Damon and Affleck, I mean, everybody's going to be excited for that collab to happen again. Mm. And Affleck's directing it, right? Yes. Yeah, yes. Affleck is yeah. directing it. Mm. Cinema or waiting for TV? I think I'll be waiting for TV on this one. It's been a big few weeks uh, around town here in Matuta, so I'm I'm – I mean, maybe maybe the movies would be nice. Just relax, bit of popcorn. Gold class. Gold class. Just a could giant do that. shoe yeah. on the screen. Yeah, Treat yeah. yourself. Yeah, maybe I will do that. See how we go. I've already seen giant feet on the screen because I've seen Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. <laughs> You've seen like every Quentin Tarantino movie. <laughs> of foot. I actually looked it up right after I saw the movie. I was like, I feel like there was a lot of foot scenes and they worked out it was like nine minutes something of yeah. pure feet. QT loves a foot. Yeah, he really does. Sick for it. Speaking of streaming, we had a little bit of streaming news from mm. one of the biggest shows of the last couple of years, one of the most popular shows, Euphoria. Bit mm. of scandal, Effie. I've heard you yes. uh, talking about it. So we're actually very big fans of Euphoria on Binge here in the Batuta office, uh, especially our editor Clancy. Mm. So Monday mornings for a while were reserved for some water cooler chat about the latest episode, what's happened, who's doing who. <laughs> uh, lots of fun. But for those who haven't jumped on the Euphoria train, uh, do you guys watch it at all? I don't watch it, but I know it's horny teenagers, lots of yes, boobs lots and drugs. Boobs. And mm. lots of peepees as well. And there's a bit of Yeah, there's there was a, a whole everything. episode of dicks. Yeah. Why haven't I watched this show? Yeah. <laughs> it <laughs> makes yourself. the teenage years a lot more glamorous than mm, they actually yes. were, I reckon. Certainly glamorized. I it. was um, a very gawky teenager. Yeah. I had braces twice. Eek. Yeah. Yeah. I haven't watched a show, but I feel like I have because you and we Clancy talk about, talk about it, about it yeah. uh, for probably 25 to 30 minutes mm, on Monday mm -hmm. mornings. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I'm Pedestrian much also it. obsessed. There's a character called Kat Hernandez played by Barbie Ferreira. And uh, a few months ago, it was revealed she would not be mm. returning to season three. There was a lot of speculation around it. People had thoughts and some ideas about why and actually turned out to be true. Mm. There was a lot of speculation and gossip about her character but also about the creator Sam Levinson. He has a history of being a creep basically, especially uh, concerning Sydney Sweeney's character. Mm -hmm. She's often topless in every episode and nobody else is. For it's no particular reason. For no particular reason. Like doesn't really need to be in the script, but boobs are out. And, yeah. you know, they're very nice, but after a while you're <laughs> like, it is gratuitous uh, nudity. Barbie has now said she quit the show due to creative differences, i.e. Mm. Sam's a pig, mm. uh, <laughs> and that she didn't want to play the role of the fat best friend. Basically her character went from having a very interesting storyline mm. in season one uh, to just having a storyline about her weight in season two. And she came out and said, 
I think my character, who I love so dearly, I don't think there was a place for her to go. I think there were places she could have gone. I just don't think it would have fit into the show. I don't know if it was going to do her justice and both parties knew that. I really wanted to be able to not be the fat best friend. I don't want to play that and I didn't think they wanted that either. She continues, Sam writes for things that he relates to. I don't think he relates to Kat. I relate to Kat. Mm, it was pretty savage and it was really interesting that she basically confirmed whatever. I, I don't watch the show mm. but I am so about the tea and I've been following the tea of her leaving and everyone speculating that mm. it's because of Sam. And it is. And I think they did such a good job having a plus-size character. I think a lot of people that have been teenagers appreciated that. I mean, Heartbreak High got kind of dragged through the coals for not having any size diversity on the Netflix remake. So there was size diversity but then such a reductive storyline in season two to be like, oh, let's think about our way. So reductive storyline? So like what did they? Basically in season one she – kind of starts to figure out who she is she goes through like this sexual empowerment thing which I mean would be fine if she wasn't actually a 17 year old girl but besides that (laughs) her storyline wasn't focused on her being overweight like that wasn't central to her character Mm -hmm. but then in the second one they made her like very self-hating and that's all it was Mm. instead of being like oh this is just a character who happens to not fit you know social norms they made that all who she was mm. and it was just – it would have been very frustrating to watch that her character just devolved so quickly. And the rumours were that she and Sam weren't getting along and that it was his mm. way of kind of trying to smoke her out and it was really – it was really shit. Yeah, he just like managed her out. He really did. Being the um, annoying devil's avocado, the self-hating, self-loathing thing, that's also a teenage thing, right? Yeah, but it doesn't make up 100% of yourself. I think that was her objection to the character's arc was that that was all that she had going on was just being like, oh, I hate my body. Yeah. It's just tired and Mm. it probably would have been more positive for people to just see someone who's comfortable in themselves instead Mm. of it just. Are the other characters comfortable in themselves? I'd say so. They're fucked up in different ways. They're fucked up due to the things that they do, not mm. how they necessarily feel about themselves. So I just thought it was really disappointing to see her character, the whole storyline from the first season was out and she just was reduced to this, mm. oh, I don't like the way I look. And I was like, oh, that's a bit boring, you know. Mm. You got drug scandals, you got all this stuff and she gets that boring one. Didn't you tell me that he is just such a micromanager of the show, mm. Sam Levinson, that he just takes over the writing and it's all what yes. he wants to do? So He's he basically just yeah. gave up. He kind of has this thing where he doesn't want any writers in the room. One of the best episodes was actually uh, written by Hunter Schaefer and her experiences being transgender. He allowed her to do one. Yeah. But the other, everything else has just been from the perspective of this horny, creepy guy that writes all these sex scenes with teenagers. So, mm. Mm. yeah. Are people going to not watch the next upcoming series because of this? No, I think I think people are going to watch it, but I think it's really, I have a feeling it's going to go really downhill season three. Mm. That's my, my thought, yes. It's not the end for HBO though. I did read today they've greenlit apparently another show which is a TV version of the Harry Potter series. Really? On HBO. Okay, so it's going to be a dirty version of Harry Potter. I imagine because you're contractually obliged to have boobs in every episode if you have a HBO show. Yeah, I mean Game of Thrones, Sex in the City, Mm -hmm. now Euphoria. 
So they're going to have to work nudity and high levels of sex into yeah, Harry Potter. Wow. Give me some of them Hagrid titties. <laughs> <laughs> now we'll move on to our final story for the day, which is about Australian reality TV platforming some more polarising people, Josie. I know, shock horror. I mean, we've never seen this before. But it is all the talk this mm. week because uh, I'm a celebrity. Get Me Out of Here premiered on Channel 10 earlier this week. And on Monday night, veteran TV host Kerry Ann Kennelly, a.k.a. CAC. CAC attack. Went into the jungle. And apparently 10 have been asking her to do this show for like since it started. Mm. Well, this is what she says. I don't know if I believe things that come out of CAC's mouth. But she said uh, to news.com.au, They've offered her a paycheck finally that she couldn't resist. So she's doing it. But my question is why? Why are we offering Kerry Ann Kennelly, who's notoriously racist and problematic, heaps of money to go on a TV show? It's almost like people like watching her. It's almost <laughs> like it sells Josie. Like maybe they're getting in a different type of audience. Mm. Other than the same, I don't know, youngish people who watch that sort of stuff. They're bringing in an older audience. CAC has fans. Rightly or wrongly, she's a, an icon of the Australian media scene and she's been there and she keeps on chugging and keeps on going and people keep watching. Yeah. And I ask you, I ask you actually, now that comes to mind, who else would you get? Who do you get instead of CAC that's going to move the needle? Who do, we, who do we have? Get people excited. Who do we have in Australia? Well, there's Pauline Hanson, but she's on SAS Australia. That, mm. uh, so. well, like, she's taken, obviously. <laughs> yeah. And she's got other things to deal with in terms of, I don't know, some of her politicians getting on Twitter. Why don't saying get, things get Mark I Latham say. on I no, I think he's done. I think he <laughs> yeah. has he's crossed over the line where he's not allowed to be on Twitter. Wait, television. how has he crossed over the line but CAC hasn't? CAC CAC has said some fucked up things. Yeah. Um mm-hmm. I, I, don't them. Them. Yeah, I don't want to repeat them. I don't want to give them women indigenous Australians. She said some mm. some fucked up things, but you have to remember you little inner city lefties, that <laughs> there are people in this country of 25 million people who don't think they're as fucked up as mm. you guys do. I can just imagine, though, the campfire chats on this show, they get pretty hectic. Yeah, yeah, they yeah. go for each other, hey. She's, she's going to say some stuff. She's going to slip. And I think the the one thing that I'm curious about is the diva side of things. Because mm. I don't know if you saw, but she has had her management writing uh, into her contract that she's allowed to bring makeup on and allowed to have time to do makeup in the jungle. Mm. I mean, good on her for she that. She said natural's overrated. They did ask, they asked her, they said like, oh, how come you're allowed to do that? Don't you think it's a bit unfair? And she said, I think the other contestants just need to get better management if they want to complain about it. <laughs> so, fair, yeah. fair, cool. Say what you will about her. I actually respect that. Respect yeah, a bit of queen energy too. from Cac there. Yeah. Girl boss. Yeah, but she apparently she's getting big, big time money mm, um, I'd love to, to go know on there. And much. obviously for a reason, you know. But this isn't new. Like I just mentioned, Pauline Hanson is going to be on SAS Australia, which is a Channel 7 show where they force people to do this insane training. They throw them out of helicopters. Unfortunately, they have harnesses on, so they live <laughs> to tell the tale. But a couple of weeks back, Pedestrian wrote an article entitled, Oh, good, SAS Australia is putting some of the worst people imaginable on primetime TV again. So that was Pauline Hanson. That was Cocaine Cassie. Do you remember her? Yeah, mm-hmm. I remember Cocaine yeah. Cassie. <laughs> Anthony Mundine, you know, he's never said anything problematic in his life. There was a lot of backlash to Craig McLaughlin being cast as well this year. Mm. It's like they're trying to make these redemption arc stories happen and I get it because mm. it, it is kind of addictive but... Also, I just think they're platforming 
the worst people imaginable. I think also the thing is with nice people, they just make for such boring TV. Yeah, I think we've evolved. It's like you were saying about thank God you're here. We've evolved beyond wholesome. Mm. We just want to see trash now. We just want yeah, to be your trash, trash celebrities. And people do like that. They like seeing these these controversial characters come in and see mm. are they as cooked as we thought or is there a different side to them? And it obviously it humanises a lot of them because when you're in those situations and you show compassion to someone else who's struggling or whatever, then people go like, oh, maybe this person's not that bad. And maybe that's a good thing for society, for people going, okay, it's not as black as white. If this person's a fuckwit, this person isn't a fuckwit. Maybe there are layers to these different things. People come from different scenarios. I don't know. Or maybe know. they're just given more opportunities mm-hmm. than maybe they Maybe they deserve. are, but I say to you, <laughs> tell me who else, you know. That's the other thing because I was thinking yeah. there and I was like, okay, all right, let's get some like funny good people on there. You think Hamish Blake's doing I'm a Celebrity Get Me Out of There? No. no. He's, he's not doing that. You're going to have to throw so much money at him. You think like noted good guys out of the NRL who are current players are going on there? A, probably not entertaining. B, you'd have to pay them so much money. I was just going to say there's good guys in the NRL. There's three of them. There's three <laughs> of them. I've counted. Um, and, yeah, they, that all cost too much to get put on. I'm a celebrity. Get me out of here. Let's see. But I reckon Kak's going to have some big diva moments and she's going to maybe regret going on there because she, she didn't make so much money. Like she doesn't really need to do it for the money as much as she's bragging about doing it for the check. Mm. I think it's more she doesn't have TV shows anymore and she's feeling quite irrelevant and she's suffering from relevancy deficiency and she wants to get it back and <laughs> she's going to do like that. like a vitamin Yeah, it's a condition. <laughs> it, is. it is. You go through relevancy deficiency, heaps of the politicians. Look at Malcolm Turnbull. Mm. He has to get his soundbite out every couple of months because <laughs> he starts glamming yeah. up. So I think that's what um similar thing with CAC. Mm. So she's going to go all out. Just quickly one thing to touch on. Channel 10 is bringing back another popular show which people aren't too happy about? I mean, Bachelor was on this year and people kind of thought that was its kind of last breath because it was mm. their new concept. It was mm. the three batches at once. All of them broke up like five seconds after the show finished filming, not even airing, filming. Mm. That's how long these lasted. But they're now saying that they're trying it again. They're trying Bachelor again. It actually rated okay. Did it? It actually did. I think people were curious about the three bachelors, yeah. but then it was such a crash and burn relationship wise. I'm shocked they're doing it. Over at Pedestrian, we're just like bring back Bachelor in Paradise challenge. Like that is the show. That Bachelor is trash. Paradise is mad. That I is love those. bikinis. Love TV. No, I want X. I want an Australian X on the beach. I watched the UK mm. version of that where they had Charlotte from Geordie Shore. It was so good. Yeah, but maybe oh, yeah. it X worked the great. because they didn't know that it was X on the beach, so it was funny seeing them. Oh, yeah. my God, it's, That's it's my me X. X. It's me X. Oh, fuck, yeah. etc. Yeah. High drama. Remember when Bachelor like, and Bachelorette was just the height? Like yes. it was people were having watching parties, people going to the pubs. It was yeah. all anyone talked about. 2019 it peaked, I reckon. Mm. They had Batch in Paradise. They had Matt Agnew. That's where we mm. met Abby Chatfield. That's where we had the drama with the C-bomb. Mm. And we had Angie Kent as Bachelorette and she was super fun. I think I it like went downhill. I the Sophie Monk one. That was good. Yeah, that was good. I actually got done in an April Fool's Day thing. So that basically I saw on TikTok um, a trailer for this sick-looking dating show <laughs> where there are all these hot people who – Speak different languages. Oh, it was my Duolingo. 
Yeah, oh, yeah, that was sick. So yeah, it was a yeah. prank. It was an April Fool's Day prank, big budget. Um, mm. cause, but it looked legit. So they teamed up with, I believe it was HBO. Mm. And so they made it look no, like. No, it was Peacock. Peacock, was that's Peacock. right. Sorry. They teamed up with Peacock and they made it look like they were bringing all of these hot people from all over the world who couldn't speak that is the gold. same yeah. language and were going to be using the app and training up and trying to go on dates and do all that what? sort of stuff. That's amazing. That's, I'd watch that. I reckon it was a soft launch. It, I reckon yeah, I'll do it. It. it has to. It Otherwise, has I just got done by an April Fool's Day <laughs> thing, which I haven't been for so, yeah. so long. But I, yeah, I went to look it up because I was like, I'm actually. About <laughs> I'm gonna tune that. in. That gonna I want to be the English speaking contestant. Yeah, yeah. That yeah. was you. Send me from down under. Yeah, yeah. I th- well, they, they'll. Could we do English and Australian, maybe, and American? Yeah, because no one can understand a word that we're saying. Get someone someone from from the deep south. Yeah, country, real country. Yeah, Yeah. and I can turn it up. Yeah, yeah. Can you can you give us an example? No, I cannot. (laughs) It's got to be someone from the Tudor. That's my Duolingo pitch. Um, I've got to save it for there. Keep it authentic. (laughs) Okay. Yeah. yeah. Well, that is it for this week uh, in entertainment. That's it for this week of the show off episode Mm -hmm. two. It's been fun. I've enjoyed it. Look forward to doing it all again with you guys next week. See you later. I was a lot less sweaty this time. Thanks Mm. for listening and join us again next week on the show off. See you then.